is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline with SystemsForSelfCare.com, where I teach you to consistently take daily action so you can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today's Tipsy Tuesday, and I want to talk about food. When food has a lot of power over you, when you feel like food is controlling you, rather you being the one that's in the driver's seat. So, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about Whole30 and all the diets that I did, but what I want to do is kind of go back to the time of my life that led me to going to Whole30. Um, you know, I talk about the diet triangle. And I was definitely permissive and then um, neglectful and then feeling like Whole30 or, you know, something something even more extreme was the thing that was going to fix me, the thing that was going to give me order and control and blah, blah, blah. But, okay, so let's go back to uh, me being fresh out of college. And um, that was really when my issues with food and not knowing how to take care of myself kind of started. It's like, great, like... I have a job and I have a commute and now I have, you know, a major stressor work. Work is a major stressor. It causes a lot of stress. And I think in my early twenties, like I I didn't know how to handle that stuff. Like I remember, like I would just have really rough days and I would feel like frustrated during the school day and come home. And I mean, I, I was not very confident at that period of my life either. And so, yeah, lacking a lot of confidence, lacking self-care, but I would just drive home and just like, think about what a crappy teacher I was, how I couldn't do anything right, how nothing in my life was going well and how it felt like things were going well for everyone else, but me. And it just was like Groundhog's Day over and over again. And I I just felt terrible. And so I would stop at McDonald's and I would grab French fries on the way home. Um, and then I would get home and I would, it would, you know, it would continue on and we would order pizza or nachos or tacos or burgers and fries and then eat cookie dough. And like I said, like this really, for me, I my early twenties was like the biggest shift in my relationship with food. I I did I didn't know like good nutrition before uh, my twenties, but like I didn't. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible nutrition. Well, there I didn't know what protein was, but like I wasn't binging. I wasn't dieting and binging um, before this period of my life. But I just during that time, like I was just so stressed out, feeling really low about myself, really feeling really low about life and my prospects, you know, what I was going to do with my career, um, how I felt about myself, how I felt about my appearance. And it just, yeah, I just like did not have good systems for self-care, did not have good confidence, um, self-esteem, none of those things. And so I would eat like that was, I, you know, for a lot of people that in trustful jobs, it's like they either eat or they drink or they find some other thing that's a little bit more positive. And for me, it was like, I just ate, like that was, that was the happiest part of my life. Um, or my, the happiest part of my day was like coming home and getting to eat cookie dough. Or at that time we were making things like, like ridiculous things. Like we would make, um, delicious things. I might add, uh, deep fried Oreos. Like Paul is when I was dating Paul at the beginning of our relationship, but he would just have like a giant vat of oil, a vegetable oil. And he was like, here's how you, here's how you deep fry Oreos. And we would like 
take Oreos and cover them in pancake batter and deep fry it. You haven't had it. It is delicious. It is very high in calories and you feel terrible after you eat it. And we would have frozen Snickers. Like we were literally making this during a weeknight. Um, this was like what we were doing for fun. And when I look back on these things, it's like, you know, of course, like I'm wiser and I get like how I just didn't know. I just didn't know what to do during that period of my life. And no one had taught me what to do, how to deal with the stress, you know, stress from work, how to deal with stressors, how to exercise at the end of the day to release your, um, releases hormones with, you know, get a good sweat, like, you know, feel good about the day or shut off your mind, like turn your mind off to stop thinking about work. Um, it was just like constant. And I would, I mean, I would have dreams about my classroom and like particular kids and like, like them misbehaving and me not being able to handle it. Like I would have nightmares. So it was like, even when I left work, I was still thinking about work on my drive home and how much I sucked. And then I was thinking about it in my dreams. So it was just like constant, like the, that stress was never released. And instead I just was kind of numbing it with food. And so like having that, like not really good place with food, I got into that habit of not, well, it would be like not eating all day long, and then eating a bunch of crap at night. And then when I tried to be healthy, it would start that like, okay, cool. Like Monday, I'm going to be really healthy. Tuesday, I'm going to be really healthy. Wednesday, I'm kind of stressed. Thursday, I don't want to do this anymore. Friday, crap, we're starting this over and eating, eating a bunch of crappy food over the weekend. And so I kept repeating that, you know, day after day, week after week. And that is what led me to seeking out like really restrictive diets, seeking out really unsustainable ways of eating that. Yeah. Like they weren't sustainable. It's not, it it just wasn't sustainable to track food in an app all the time. Like I remember I was working with a personal trainer that wanted me to track macros. And I was like, I have 35 kindergartners. Like I don't take time to eat lunch and you want me to track every bite that I'm eating. Like this is ridiculous. And so it just like having to track food added like another layer of stress. And also Another layer of like, look, Jacqueline, one more thing that you can't do right. One more thing that you're messing up, right? One more thing to make myself feel like a failure. So wasn't a happy time in my life. And when I look back now, it's like food had control over me. Like I had, I was not in the driver's seat. Um, I had no, I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about how important plants and protein and water was like, that was never explained to me. It was just like, just track, just track. And so I get why I looked for other things. I looked for things like 2186. I looked for things like whole 30. I looked for things like paleo or vegan, all of these different things. I looked for thinking that like this restrictive plan is the thing that's going to fix me. And once I am thin, I will be fixed and all of the problems of my life will go away. And that's no, that's not what happened. So I felt really out of control with food. I thought the solution was to do something that would control me, but then it, it just became, yeah, something that was not sustainable. So if that's where you are, I, I totally get it. Um, and I want you to know that that was like, that there is possible to change. A lot of people think like if you've, you know, you've tried different things, it hasn't worked. Oh, you're doomed. And it's like, no, like you can change, but you do need deliberate practice. And so we're going to talk about that today. So how to stop letting food control you and stop letting food have so much power over you 
and really be this person that's in the driver's seat. I kind of like, you want to take back control, but it's not, again, it's not this like hyper, um, like micromanagement, like control. It's like, if you think of a good manager at work, like a manager that you love, they probably, you know, they have authority over you, but they give you flexibility. They're like, Hey, here are the things that we need you to get done, but they're not in there like micromanaging you and being like hyper obsessive or hyper strict, right? That's what we want with food to, you know, create that life too. So here are my, um, four things that I want you to do to take back control, to put yourself in the driver's seat. And this is based on what I've seen work for myself, what I've seen work for my clients and what I now like looking back on like early, early twenties, Jacqueline, like what she actually needed. She didn't need to count macros. She didn't need to go on 30 on whole 30. Um, this is what she needed. So number one is, um, you need to take time for meals. If you want to take back control and you want to be in the driver's seat when it comes to food, you need to take time for meals. When I look at my clients who are successful and my clients who are not successful, the ones who are successful in changing their relationship with food actually take time to eat meals. You know, this is something that Lacey said on the podcast um, a couple days ago. She talked about recovering from her eating disorder. She needed to make sure during like during recovery that she was taking time for meals. And even now past recovery, as she is like going to school, she stops what she's doing to take time for meals. Right. So like literally all of us, all of us, you, you person who just graduated college and you have your first job and you're being a teacher and you feel like you can't take a lunch because you know, everything's going to explode. If you don't, you need to take time for meals. Cause if you don't take time for yourself, it is going to explode and not in the way that you, um, it's, it's going to, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And so you also, the person who has been at your job for 20, 30, years, you've been doing the same thing and you feel like it's selfish to take, no, it's not, it's not selfish to take time for yourself to eat meals. And the mom who, you know, a new mom who has, you know, you have a toddler and you feel like it's selfish for you to sit down and eat a meal. No, it's not. If you want to take back control and you want to be in the driver's seat when it comes to your relationship with food, this is such a small thing, but it is so important. You have to take time for meals. Um, food will continue to control you later in the night and on weekends, food's going to control you. If you do not put your foot down and say, I got to, I have to eat. It sounds so silly. You're like, Oh, how does that connect? But it's like, if you don't eat, if you don't eat all day long, that's when it gets to the end of the night and you're ravenous and you're turning to things like, you know, processed carbs, you're turning to simple sugars, you're turning to these fast foods instead of, you know, slow foods, right? We're going to talk about that in a second, but like number one, it sounds so basic, but I'm, I'm literally, I'm telling you when I look at my clients who are successful, they're the ones who actually take time to eat. My clients who are not successful are the ones who miss meals, who skip meals, who don't have good boundaries at work to take their meals. Right. So again, this has to do with stuff besides just food, but say it a million times, you have to take time for meals. Okay. Number two, um, you have to eat like nutritionally dense meals. I suggest using the five P's. If you want to have a different, you know, system for how you build your plate, that's totally fine. But let's go over the five P's again. The five P's are plants, protein, a little bit of processed or fun food, plenty of water and plating it. So the first thing, the first action you have to do is like actually take time for meals. The second thing is like actually build decent balanced plates. Um, you know, it's great if you're taking a lunch 
you know, it's like, okay, great. You know, you're eating a pop tart for lunch or you're eating a lean pocket for lunch. Okay. I guess, you know, having something is still better than having nothing, but you could really, really take back control and be in the driver's seat. If you use a system for self-care, like the five P's, if you're like, cool, I'm going to build my lunch, you know, maybe I'm going to have a five piece salad. So an example of a five piece salad might be, you know, romaine and arugula. So you have some plants and maybe you're going to throw some, uh, baby, uh, peppers on there or some tomatoes and onions. Okay. So lots of plants and then some protein. If you eat animal products, maybe you're going to grab a rotisserie chicken and you're going to shred that up, or maybe you'll put some hard boiled eggs on there. Um, if you're vegan or vegetarian, maybe you'll do a veggie patty or you'll do, um, tofu or you'll do edamame or chickpeas, whatever, right? So we have plants, we have protein, a little bit of, uh, processed or fun food, that might be something like having some feta on your salad, or maybe you will have some crunched up tortilla chips or salad dressing. Oh my gosh. Right. So we have P1, P2, P3. Um, P4 is plenty of water, always having water next to you. Again, my clients who are successful. They're ones that use the five P's and that doesn't include drinking plenty of water. And then the last one is plate. It kind of goes along with the take time for meals, but like actually sitting down, not rushing around eating a cliff bar as you're, you know, rushing from one place to another, not rushing around and, you know, slurping up, I don't know, slurping up regular soda, you know, something like that, right. Actually sit down and eat the meal. So the first action is take time for meals. The second, like build nutritionally dense and balanced meals, use the five P's. Um, the third thing is find other outlets, find other activities for yourself besides just food. So if you want food to stop having so much power over you, so, you know, the first two, the first two action items, they had to do with making sure that you're actually eating. So you're not starving. You're not ravenous all day long. Um, you're not, you know, like a bear at the end of the night, like clawing through your kitchen cabinets, right? The next thing, the third thing, the third action item is to find something else to do. A lot of us, we haven't or hadn't or weren't consistent with um, hobbies. We don't have anything besides we have work and we have our family and we have food, right? That's, that's what I had. When I look back to like early's early twenties, Jacqueline. Well, I had, I had work. I had school. I was in grad school. It's more work. I was in a new relationship. Great. Like he was my family and I had food. That's it. I didn't have any hobbies. I wasn't running. I wasn't reading. I wasn't journaling. I wasn't going for walks. I wasn't biking. I wasn't painting. I wasn't doing anything. I literally had, um, food and spending money. I would go to the store. If I had a bad work day, I would either get food I would you know, go to McDonald's and get French fries, or I would go to Target and I would go to the dollar spot in, at Target and buy a bunch of crap. Or I would go, oh, I need a new lunchbox. No, I didn't need a new lunchbox. I just was spending money. Or, oh, I need more shirts that I'm not ever actually going to wear. And the tag is just going to stay on and it's going to stay in my closet. Um, but like, that's what I had. Those were my hobbies. Like I had work, I had family, I had school. And then the hobbies were eating or spending money. Um, So you need other outlets. If that's where you're at and you're like, I don't have any hobbies, you know, oh my gosh, I just graduated college. I can't have hobbies. I'm so busy. No, you need to, you need to find a hobby. You need to find something else because you're not meant to just work 
um, and be miserable. And, you know, if you don't have other hobbies, food is going to continue to have power over you. If you don't have another activity for yourself to do, food is going to be that one activity that you have, or spending money is going to be that one activity you have. And so, you know, last week I made some episodes about how to stay active this winter, like joining, you know, using class pass and finding new classes to do in person or joining a run club or finding a turkey trot or another winter 5k, you know, something that you can do. I just started marathon training. (laughs) You heard my episode yesterday. Um, Go back and listen if you haven't, but like I just started marathon training yesterday or Sunday rather um, for a marathon in April. So I have 22 weeks of hobbies, like hobby activities planned uh, for me. And so if I have some spare time where maybe I would in the past, oh, I could go spend some money or, oh, I could stop and get, you know, McDonald's French fries. Instead, I can go run. I actually, um, I had, I had about 20 minutes uh, where I had some free time and I went for a one mile run and then I did a little bit of walking and then I freshened myself up and then I got to the next thing that I needed to do. But I just went out for a one mile run. In the past, I probably would have sat there and been on my phone or, oh, I'm going to go to the store and buy some crap, you know, but like you got to have hobbies. If you want food to stop having so much control over you, you need to provide a different action for yourself to do. Um, And you, you want it to be something fun. You know, if food provides you relief from stress or food provides you novelty to a boring day or food provides you a reward because you did something hard, you have to find a different activity to replace food. You got to find something else that you can do besides just eat food. So that might be going for a walk. That might be calling your mom. That might be joining a club. That might be, um, you know, Bonnie talked about, Bonnie, one of my clients talked about, she started painting again. She started like doing art, drawing, grabbing a notebook and doing things. Um, I think that, again, that's one of the cool things I think is pretty cool about working with me is we're going to talk about stuff besides just food. Like, let's talk about hobbies. Let's actually help you create the life that you want. If the life you want is where food is not like overpowering you, food is not controlling you and you picture yourself, you know, where life is, where food is not overpowering. It's like, well, what would you be spending your time on? For a lot of people, they don't know. They have no idea because they've never taken the time to figure out like, well, what, what do I want to be spending my time on? It feels so foreign to have a relationship with food in their body where food is not constantly on their mind. They don't even know what to be thinking about. So take some time, (laughs) take some time and think about what you'd want to be doing. And if you need some help, you can schedule a call with me and we can kind of figure this out. Let's figure out what does that life look like that you want, right? Link for that will be in the show notes to schedule a call with me. We can figure this out together. So we talked about taking time for meals. We talked about using the five P's. We talked about finding other activity, other activities, other outlets, other hobbies, other things to do besides just food. The last one, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, but like you have to nurture these new habits. You have to deliberately practice them. If you've been doing something a certain way for a really long time, it's not going to change overnight. There are going to be days that you don't want to do it. And you do kind of have to force yourself to go do the new habit so that it like gets programmed into your brain. Um, This is the the thing that I didn't know when, again, when I look back in my early twenties, I didn't have the, 
the discipline or like the persistence. I didn't have that then. And some books that have helped me gain that persistence. Um, it's been a long time since I've mentioned this book, but the book, The Compound Effect, um, this is, it's similar to Atomic Habits, but I, what I like about this is he talks about how you have to, like, it is the the small things that you do or don't do add up. You can choose to have the salad for lunch and like eventually rep after rep, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, you're going to be in one place. Or if you have the burger and fries for lunch, two years, three years, 10 years, you're going to be in another place, right? So the compound effect. So it might not seem like you're making all that much of a difference in the short term, but when you look in the long run, it's going to make a difference. And so to get to that long run, to get to the person that's like, oh, great. I, you know, I've been having a salad for lunch every day for the last 10 years. You have to nurture that habit. Um, you have to force yourself to do it. And I think for a lot of us, it's not just in 21 days. It might take, it's going to take longer than 21 days. It's going to take longer than 30 days. It took me, I think four and a half or five and a half months to wash my face every day that took for like, it was like four or five and a half months of me tracking it every day and then getting and being like, okay, fine. Like now this is a habit that I can continue on with. And I've, I have continued on washing my face. I don't think I've missed a day since 2019. Right. But it took me a long time and I had to nurture this habit. I had to deliberately practice this habit. I had to take action. I marked that I was taking action. It it didn't change and it wouldn't have changed. Now, another habit that I haven't nurtured and I haven't deliberately practiced and I keep messing up on is um, <laughs> keeping our kitchen sink clean. We live in a really old house and we don't have a dishwasher. And so it has been something that really, really annoys me that the kitchen sink is dirty every night and it's dirty every morning and it gets clean eventually. It's not like it doesn't get stockpiled and, you know, hoarders, but like it, um, it's frustrating that it's not like we don't have a clean kitchen sink every night, which is what I wish. Right. Um, but that is something if I, if that gets to a point where it like actually bothers me, you know, and I'm like, I'm sick and tired of it. I will actually decide that I need to make a habit out of it. And I know what, I know what it takes to make a habit out of something. I'm going to have to deliberately practice it. They're going to be nice that I don't want to get up and wash the dishes, but I'm going to have to. Um, but that, you know, the washing face thing that did become a habit, the dishes thing, it did not become a habit. The washing face thing. I had my 365 habit tracker tracked it every day. The dishes thing Randomly, I have actually put up two habit trackers that have both fallen into this hole in our wall. And so it's like, it's like dumb and embarrassing, like so pathetic to be like, oh, I stopped washing the dishes because my tracker fell into the wall. Um, That's the truth. I stopped, I stopped washing the dishes and like being deliberate about it because the tracker fell into the wall. But again, like if you want to change something, you have to be deliberate. You have to practice it. You have to nurture that habit. It's not going to become a habit unless you deliberately practice it over and over and over and give your brain a chance to actually reprogram it. That's why washing my face is stuck. That's why the dishes have not. So let's go over the four things. I want you to create this life where, you know, food is no longer controlling you, where you are in the driver's seat. This doesn't mean that you're micromanaging everything, but this does mean that you have a relationship with food that you actually like. You have a life that you actually like. 
So those four things, number one, take time for meals. Number two, use the five P's or whatever other system, but I, I highly suggest the five P's. Number three, find other activities, other outlets to deal with a stressful or negative emotion. And number four, deliberately practice, nurture the habit. I hope that's helpful. And I, again, you got to take action on this. It's not going to change unless you take action and you consistently take action. And Matt, you know, imagine like, cool, if I consistently took action with this, you know, every day for the next 365, the next 720 days, right? Or the next 1000 days, where would your life be? What would change in your life? You know, your happiness level, your confidence level, your health, what would change for you if you took action on these things, right? I'd love to help you make this a reality. If you are sick and tired of where you're currently at in your relationship with food or your relationship with your body and you're you're ready to make change and not just change, but like sustainable change, long-term change. If you are ready, click the link in the show notes or you can go to systemsforselfcare.com and book a call with me. We can talk about you creating the life that you want. If today's episode was helpful, you can support the podcast by buying me a cup of coffee. <laughs> you go to, For that, you'll go to ko-fi.com slash Jock and Ricky Stover. I will see you tomorrow. Have an amazing day. Go take action. Bye.